0: welcome to cozy content corner i am your host sarah weiss of on brand by sarah and if you like realistic conversation about social media video marketing personal branding and everything in between you have landed in the right place my friend we do not hold any ish back over here now let's get into the episode Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cozy Content Corner. Y'all, today I am literally sitting in my Cozy Content Corner, and I'm about to talk to the queen, Jordan Gill, a little bit about Jordan before we dive into all the juicy things. Jordan is a seven-figure business strategist whose mission is for high-achieving business owners to prioritize rest without sacrificing revenue. She's helped over 500 coaches and consultants work with clients only four days a month with VIP days. When she's not spreading the gospel of VIP days and all of her other amazing offers, she is working on one of her thousand-piece jigsaw puzzles or traveling the world with her husband and bonus son, Jordan
1: Gill. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm really excited. And a conversation with you is always going to be a grand old time, so... (laughs)
0: Yes, I, I I I am just as excited and I have to share this before we dive in. So, Jordan, I discovered through another podcast like 2 years mm. ago um and I just absolutely like fell in love with your vibe. You were the first person yeah. in the online business world that was like transparent about having a chronic illness and being able mm-hmm. to make it work with your business, which there are so many Spoonies listening right now. Um, and we're going to dive into all of that during our conversation. Don't you worry. Um, but I am so excited to chip chat. So Take us back a little bit to the beginning. How did you get into entrepreneurship? Did you come from a family of entrepreneurship? Tell us all Mm -hmm. the things.
1: Totally. Yeah, my background. um, So if you're watching this, you can see that I am biracial. um, And so my mother is white. My dad is black. And so I live in the world of gray very often. I think that's important to note at the very beginning, and that usually is a very uncomfortable place for people because they want a Black or white answer. Um, They want you to be Black or to be white. And so I think that really prepared me well for the business that I've built, for the type of person that I am, um, the leader that I am just because I, I've had to be comfortable living in the gray because I am the gray. (laughs) So when I started my business in 2016, my, uh, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. My dad was uh, a football coach. He's now retired. So I moved around a lot growing up. I went to three different high schools and I moved 12 times in my life and it, was wild. <laughs> and I had to adapt to new environments, new people, new languages. Even when I moved to Wisconsin, there's like a whole nother language in Wisconsin. Like they, they call water fountains bubblers. Like it was, it was a whole situation, <laughs> but I, that adaptability, I had to really hone uh, when I was younger. Cause it was, it was tough to move around that much and make friends and figure things out like that, especially in high school. So when I started my business, I was actually working in online marketing prior to my business being built. So I worked for a woman named Melanie Duncan. She was like in all of the masterminds of the James Wedmore's, Amy Porterfield, Stu McLaren, all of those people back in 2014. So she's no longer in this industry, um, but I learned so much from that job and it is it's the best job I ever had. Now I didn't have a ton of jobs prior to that, but it was, it was truly a dream job. I was her head of content. So I was basically the songwriter to her Beyonce. So webinar scripts, wrote the the courses and she would deliver them. I would interview her to get her frameworks and get her um, insights. And then I would put that together in courses and, and different curriculum. And that really helped me hone the skill of I'm, I'm pretty great at messaging, um, which is helpful. And, and we'll talk about having multiple offers, but I, for me, it was God kind of tapping on my heart being like, it's time for you to go after two years. And I wasn't unhappy. I wasn't, I had no issues and I was like, uh, Why? (laughs) and you know, for me, it's like, okay, well, if if he's wanting me to move along, I'll move along. And so I gave six weeks notice because we were about to go into a launch. And in those six weeks, I had to figure it out. Right. Um, it's that, I don't know what that law is where like the dude says, however much time you give, that's how long it will take. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> it took me six weeks, but the the powerful thing was that in those six weeks, I had secured $12,000 a monthly recurring revenue with clients. So May 1st, 2016, when I started, I had secured contracts of $12,000 a month recurring, right? Which was pretty incredible. I was 4X while I was making, um, working for, for Melanie. And I did that all through collaborations, which is will be a, a, a theme as well today because I had gone to some events and I'd met people who were also in the industry. And so I was like, hey, I'm helping people with their systems. Do you know know anyone that needs that kind of support? And so I had four clients and I started a business with that. And then five months later, I hated my business (laughs) because being a Spoonie, being somebody who has chronic illness, I, I think about four months in, three out of my four clients were launching. And these are people who have six-figure launches, seven-figure businesses. So this was not a freaking joke, and I was like, like so exhausted. So uh, the chronic illnesses I have are celiac disease, chronic fatigue, and hypothyroidism. So I get exhausted very, very easily. I can't. I don't have the energetic capacity to do a lot. And so that that sucked <laughs> um, because I'm an ambitious person, and so I had to let go of a couple clients. And then I went on this whole soul-searching journey of okay, what business model even fits supporting my chronic illnesses where I can do big impactful work but just in short bursts and that's when VIP days came across my uh my realm and forevermore that was like sold like this is the best thing since sliced bread because I could work with clients four days a month and I worked mainly three day work weeks and the rest of the time I got to rest and I got to travel and I got to, you know, decompress enough to where, again, I I wasn't feeling. I really had to recuperate my health um, after that that difficult launch maggotin is what I called it. So, uh, so I did VIP days for a couple of years, and then, as Sarah knows, I I moved into doing a an awesome program called Done in a Day. Uh, we've served over five hundred clients in that program across three years, which is pretty incredible. And then that. Uh, well, it ended in March of 2023. That was the last month that I serviced it, but I had decided not to enroll anyone else in October of 2022. And it was for multiple reasons um and whatnot, which we can get into, but I knew that I wanted to play. <laughs> um When you do something for three years, and I didn't Intend to do it for three years. Um, I thought, you know, I'll give it a year, it'll be fun, whatever. And then like I look back, I'm like, oh, okay, that was three years. <laughs> uh and but it was awesome. And I wanted to play, I wanted to flex different muscles. I wanted to innovate it. I wanted to try new things. And so that's what I've been doing really since October of 2023 or 2022 And it's been super fun. <laughs> now I do all sorts of stuff. So that's my journey in a little nutshell.
0: Yes. Oh my God. So good. So let us back up to a few things. So this program done in a day, I went through myself Mm -hmm. when it was, uh, not self, uh, Mm -hmm. kind of like self-study. Um, there were live calls. Um, the people that I met in that program are still some of my, best, uh, connections, biz Mm -hmm. friends, referral partners. Um, now that was probably the best program investment I have ever made in my business. And Mm -hmm. I know many people feel the same. So talk about Mm -hmm. how that felt and the decision process behind not Mm-hmm. you know solely talking about that anymore and shifting
1: oh yeah it was a scary decision it was a layered decision so i still love vip days i still love talking about them i still love sharing about them we have it in self-study like sarah had had mentioned um but the program itself uh there were a couple components to it that made it really tricky from a energetic capacity for me. The first one being that I had to hire and train coaches, right? So that took a lot out of me because I was very uh, intense about making sure that the coaches knew what they were talking about, knew my program almost as well as me and could deliver right. That was extremely important to me. And across three years, I had hired like nine coaches. Um, and-, yeah, and I'm
0: going to interrupt Jordan real quick. And this is, ahead. this is not Jordan being like, Oh, we have a once a month call. I just need to delegate right. it. Cause I'm not doing it. Like this was, I think what Jordan three live calls a week, yes. right? Yeah, Three live calls a week. Yeah. So anybody, any person <laughs> that is like, I need to take care of my body and my soul and my mind, like yeah. you have to delegate that.
1: Totally. Okay, I just wanted to make exactly. that perfect. Yes. The support level is higher than a lot of other programs. Yes. And, and also there were the critiques, right? So you would fill in your homework and then my team would review and give loom videos. Like there were a lot of elements that were deeper than most programs out there. And that took a lot of energy and it was difficult because you know over the years some coaches had stayed for three months some had stayed for a year and it was coming to a point where I was gonna have to hire more coaches and my body had this like visceral reaction to that like it was just like no like you're not gonna do that so then I had to sit there and think okay if I'm not hiring any more coaches and am I limiting the amount of people that can be in here if I'm limiting the amount of people that are in here is that saying something deeper about where this program is at for me and so it was you know it started as just kind of with the the team side of things and and knowing that that was just a lot of energy for me but the kind of deeper reasoning was, okay, like I'm actually looking back and we've done this for three years and it was wildly amazing. And also I never really took a breath to say, do I still want to do this? Is this still the way that I want my business to be run, et cetera, until that moment. And it was very scary to come to the decision. Um, and I remember telling my team (laughs) and they're like, what, (laughs)
0: I'm oh, sure
1: <laughs> Jordan's lost it. Um, maybe you just need to go away for a week and like come back, like. And they were very, very supportive, but also that is like, okay, that's a big shift. That's it's been all roads lead to done in a day for three years, and so you know naturally their next question is, well, what's next? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Which also they're like, okay. This is very abnormal for me. I'm very strategic. I'm very methodical in how I approach things. That's the system's nature in me, right? But it was, I didn't have all the answers and there had to be a lot of trust with my team, which I so appreciate. But I I let them know, like, I want to play. I want to have some fun. Like There's so many things that I've learned over the past three years that I haven't gotten to share because... I rejected any podcasts or speaking engagements that were not about VIP days. I was diligent. And that discipline did bring me to multiple million dollar months or months, years um, and whatnot. And, and I'm grateful for that. And I felt like, okay, I need to expand, right? Like I need to uh, share more because I have more to say, and uh yeah so then basically october i was like we're not enrolling anyone else um and had to uh gracefully release my sales team i had to again with with coaches their their positions were eliminated um those were very hard conversations and um basically i've just been on this journey of you know what i'm gonna know what my next thing when i know uh, but at the meantime, I just want to solve problems. I want to share the things that I've learned, how I've grown. Uh, so bringing back the podcast of System Save Me was a big part of that and getting to share on that platform. And so I've just been playing and figuring things out ever since.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. And And let's talk from an energetic perspective, because I think this is twofold. It's like, if you are not lit up and just super empowered by what you're doing it's okay to shift you don't have to burn it all down to the ground but it's okay to shift so thank you for sharing that yeah and then from another energetics perspective there's the fact that you are a chronic illness human Uh so can you talk about some things that you have done and that you do now To kind of advocate for yourself as somebody with a chronic illness who's also a business owner, some things that you do to preserve your energy, um, some things that you do to just help your body, even if that means maybe missing out on some things here and there. Talk to us about that. Jordan Gill, you are wonderful, (laughs) truly wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all that you did.
1: Yeah, that's an ever evolving <laughs> uh routine and and methods, but you know, even in uh, recently March I I was in town so in Dallas, I think 8 days in total that entire month. And I knew it was going to be tough for me, but I was like I think I can do it. Um and so I went to New York with my husband um for some work stuff for him and then I went to Broken Bow, Oklahoma, because uh, the kiddo had some spring break shenanigans with his friends. So we all went there. The next week, I went to Nashville, which was like a massive conference of 4,500 people. Um, I didn't know it was going to be that big before I went, but here we are. Uh, It was about sponsorship. It was really cool. And then the last week, I did a retreat with my mastermind clients in Austin, Texas. And... (laughs) April, I was sick for two and a half weeks, um, which was really hard and mentally just had a lot of struggles there. And so, you know, this is, I don't think there will ever be a time that it's like, oh, like I will have smooth sailing when it comes to my health forever. You know, we, we are always trying to figure out what our boundaries are, how What's too much, what's too little. um and so I kind of allow for that. I know definitely only being home for eight days was too much and I had to cancel a lot of things in April and even May that I wanted to go to um but just again capacity wise wasn't gonna happen. So it's ever evolving. Uh, a few things that I do um every Monday I get a massage Monday mornings at 10 a.m. I've been doing that for three years um so uh that was like the only as soon as the pandemic lifted that I could go to get a massage, like I needed the massage because it was, it was really tough. The beginning of paying milk was tough uh, because my husband was in travel and obviously everyone knows about the pandemic with travel. And so he was laid off. Um, and we were literally going to get married that year in 2020 uh, and have a wedding that got postponed, but then we ended up just get eloping by the end of the year. Cause I was like, I'm tired of waiting. So, you know, it just, there was a lot going on there, but, um, my money massages have been pretty standard. I only cancel if I am sick or if, um, I'm not in town. Another thing that I've been doing recently that is really helpful, um, is, uh, I have a sauna blanket and yes I've
0: seen people using those recently
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you know I was like oh gosh am I just falling into like a TikTok trend or something but uh I actually love it and I do it every single night um I lay in it for about 40 minutes and it is basically what it sounds like a sleeping bag (laughs) picture a sleeping bag and it gets really really warm but you also like wear like you know uh, because it's it's hot. Um, so you gotta wear leggings and and shirt and socks and all that stuff. Um, and you sweat a ton and then you go and take a shower and it's been really helpful to, And I don't know. I don't know if it's the coziness of it. I don't know if it's just the fact that I'm forcing myself to like sit there and rest while watching like scandal reruns, but that has been very, very helpful for me. And, um, Oddly enough, is like helped me lose weight as well, because I don't know if it's like the sweating, but um, I've heard that too, because you burn like 600 calories in an hour or something, but, um, but that's not why I did it, but it was a, a cool side effect. And then um, something else that I do for uh, my health is, um, or did and do is in 2018, I bought a dog. <laughs> Her name is Vivian. And she's my sometimey emotional support dog. So sometimes she's not in the mood to give emotional support. And sometimes she is.
0: <laughs> yes, my doggies are also uh, sometimey emotional support dogs.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like it's 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 a yeah growing trend. I feel like. Um, yes. But uh, she has helped. So I'll get. I'm also a highly anxious person, and so my heart rate will get a little bit out of you know sync. And sometimes I'll be around my husband and my husband will like cuddle me and I'll match his heart rate. Cause he is cool as a freaking cucumber. And, uh, but if he's asleep or not here, then I'll cuddle with Vivian and I'll be able to match her heartbeat. And that is super, super helpful too. Um, just because when your mind is racing and your heart is racing, it's really hard to get out of that cycle. And so I'm not saying everyone needs to go get a dog, but that was a part of my like recovery and my healing is having a dog. She forces me to take walks, obviously. So she forces me to take breaks. So it's, it's a few different things that that have been helpful. Um, Some again, more TikToky trend and some a little more <laughs> like, oh, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yes. And I love that you said like setting boundaries too, like mm-hmm. You don't have to say yes to everything. No. You don't have to keep up with what Joe and Susan are doing. Like no. you need to first, especially as, as a chronic illness, you know, warrior, you have to first honor yourself and your energy and what you're feeling in the here and now and that doesn't mean that you can't be successful it just means that your journey to wherever you're going might look a little bit different
1: yeah exactly so
0: I love that all right so after stopped only talking about VIP days and you said I don't know what's next (laughs) you started putting out so many amazing offers Thank you. but they were totally different from one another it's totally not like different. one perfectly aligned <laughs> into another <laughs> so how did you start putting them out and talking about it because I also think you are quite good at messaging um, yeah. which is a very hard and ever evolving skill especially in this space so talk to us about how you present and talk about your multiple offers
1: totally yeah i i did a podcast episode i think a month or two ago and um it was how i launched 10 offers in 6 months and had you asked me how many offers i'd launched i would have said maybe four or five but then i was like well let me just go count let me just go see how many there are because i want to i wanted to make a list and i wanted to share how each launch went or whatever i was like oh my gosh yeah how did I launch quite a few (laughs) quite a few and I'm just like okay that was wild uh and so I had to you know uh kind of review what I even launched at some points um but I I wanted that eclecticness I wanted that kind of spice and surprise and delight because again There's nothing wrong with being consistent. There's nothing wrong with doing the same thing for three years, um, at all. And, you know, my audience had gotten very used to the lane that Jordan was in, and I was like, I want to be like Frogger and go into another lane and then go into another lane and then go here, and so for me, all I did was I started having a lot of conversations with people. I was constantly DMing. I was, um, uh, again, in done in a day, but also in my peer masterminds and different things. I was just listening. I was just like, what, what are, what problems are people having? What's the issue? Um, and I started to like seek out problems and learn, oh, okay. Like like one of the first problems was um, with like collaborations or with trying to um, make money through relationships. Like people didn't know how to track that. They didn't know how to manage all of that. And so I was like, bet, I'm going to do revenue Rolodex. And so came out with that. It was a live workshop three or four hours and it was awesome. And again, I, I don't always know um if something's going to be like successful right off the bat. Um, but I think that people recognize that I had a lot to say and I'd learned a lot. And so they were in tune with what it was that I was doing. And when you do something for three years, people recognize the discipline and the commitment that that takes. And so if I were to have had multiple offers before done in a day, which I did, there were a lot of flops. There were a lot of fails. There were a lot of just nonsensical moves that I made. And now because I know how to refine a message so well, because I know what to listen for and what to look for before putting an offer out there, it's like, okay, it's a system Newsflash. Um, But uh, I could just enter said problem that somebody has and create the offer within that system for me and so um, you know i did that with soft skills masterclass, which was about selling um, not with sales calls but in uh, more easeful selling uh, through video ask or through bonjuro or through loom videos or different things um, we did that with short form slam dunk contest, which was uh, really fun and a way that I could show people how to fill their funnels using um, Instagram Reels specifically. And, you know, with a bunch of the offers, it was really formulaic in a way. And it was, I wanted to just get in out there. And I think that well, one, my team, that definitely freaked them out. But two, <laughs> like I would, you know, there was there was definitely times where I would like literally the night before be like, I want to do this. And then I would put it out there the next day and my team was like, what is happening right now? Like, again, you talk about three years of doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden one day and Jordan's doing something completely different. So I had to then, you know, reorient because it wasn't fair for them. Um, but I... I think that the the reason that, again, I would say the majority of them did well in the sense of made at least five figures, some six figures, et cetera, is because I'm a really, really good listener. Um, I am very aware and I'm very observant of behaviors, actions, trends that, again, are um, are in a wheelhouse that I can shine my expertise. And so instead of me being like, I never thought to myself like, oh, I want to create like a short form offer. Like I never really thought about Instagram reels being something that I necessarily talk about, but I had gotten a speaking engagement to talk about them. And I was like, you know, I'm not an Instagram person. Like, I I literally am not an Instagram expert. So they're like, yeah, that's like the point. Like we want you because you have a very specific way that you do them that would resonate with our audience. And I was like, okay. Uh, So I did that and it went really well. And I had a ton of questions afterwards. And I was like, oh, like this is a problem I can solve. Um, And it doesn't have to be big problems, right? I wasn't going to create a mega Instagram course. No, thank you. But I can (laughs) solve the problem of you know, how do I get leads from short form video on Instagram? So, you know, it's, there was a range, right. There was a range of, of offers and price points and, uh, even methods of delivery live workshops versus a challenge versus, um, like my mastermind was just like one-on-one selling versus ready, set, collab, like all of it had variety within it. And, um, Again, I think that the messaging and the listening was probably the superpower behind why a lot of them did so well. Um, and I think that you cannot get good at that unless you practice. <laughs> There's like no yes. way around it.
0: Yes. And we're gonna we're gonna touch back on the short form video stuff. Yeah. But with all of these offers, what are some things that help you really nail down your messaging? Like What are some Mm -hmm. things that you think have gotten you to this point or strategies that you use that really help you nail that down?
1: Yeah. So uh, one of the um, books that uh, I recommend is called $100 Million Offers by Alex Hermosi. And everyone has their opinions about Alex Hermosi or whatever, but his book is really good. So one of the exercises in there is around messaging and it's about how many angles can you come up with about one thing and so for done in a day I read it I don't know two years ago probably and with done in a day I really like you have to get so creative when you are talking about the same thing for three years and so I would sit there with my notepad and my pen and be like okay what are all of the objections what are all of the Uh, different business models that people would choose over VIP days. What are the uh, kind of invisible interferences that people have between them actually taking the leap into VIP days? And I would sit there and obsess. So uh, for example, you know, if somebody wasn't going to do a VIP day, what were they going to offer? It could be a course, could be agency, could be membership, could be a template shop. It could be whatever. And I would sit there and say, okay, courses, what are the biggest differences between courses and VIP days and why are VIP days a better option? One, most people are coming to me from a retainer model. And so with courses, they have to learn all new marketing. They got to learn all new tech. They got to build an entire audience. They got to like actually build the course. (laughs) Like there's so many hurdles and months and months delay of them actually being able to get the momentum to get the reward that they're probably looking for from courses and with VIP days, it's the same marketing, it's the same software, it's the same stuff. You literally are just adjusting the delivery method, literally. And so, um, and then my coach at the time, I think, you know, Sully, um, yeah. she, uh, she was like, you're making it sound a little too easy. And I'm like, oh, okay. Let me reel it back in. Cause it's, there is some nuances to VIP days. Right. But, uh, for courses, I just, I hit every point. And so every, part of that, um, breakdown became a a messaging point. And for me, I use short form videos as a mechanism to test messaging. Like that is pretty much what every reel I do is it's like a messaging test. So I would put out there, like, would you rather like have to get all new software and pay $500 a month? Or would you rather just keep the software you have and be able to charge three or $5,000 for like, the same work, right? And people were like, oh yeah, I don't want to pay that much for software and I'd rather just do this. Um, Or with like agency, it's like, do you like managing people or do you like to be solo dolo? And people like, I like to be solo dolo. So VIP days are it for me, right? And I would attack it at every angle. And I came up with hundreds of angles and some of them flopped, some of them didn't. And so it was constantly experimenting, constantly playing with how I could move people more uh, toward VIP days. And so the fact that I did that for three years was definitely a benefit to then speeding up the process with these newer offers that I had, right? So I would say with with how to get better at messaging, if you are somebody who only launches like once or twice a year, then you're going to have to create additional ways to test your messaging because... I've launched so many times at this point that again, I get pretty good at it, you know, just practice naturally. So if you in between launches, test messaging, if it's short form video, if it's carousels, if it's, I don't care what it is, but that is one thing that I think the beauty of social media has is you can test what's hot and what's not. And it's not viral. Like I never, the goal was never viral for me. Um, it was, what is my average and then what is above average of like my own account? So that was my measuring stick of, okay, this message is great. This message is not so great. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I think more people should be testing their messaging through again, I'm biased, but short form video, um, because it is, it, it's very obvious when a message hits, And when a message doesn't hit and it's not, oh, I, my feelings are hurt because this one message I thought would work, didn't work. Like I'm unattached to all the messages. I just want to know what works so I can like lean in and go all in. Right.
0: Yes. Yes. So good. Uh, And I think people get stuck in like, well, I already came up with a strategy for my messaging and now I have to change it all over again, but it's like messaging is constantly evolving (laughs) and what hit in 2019 is probably going to be a little different from now it's probably going to be a little different from a year from now so you just have to test like just test and like you said like don't get personally attached (laughs) to how it performs or doesn't perform because it is ever evolving and ever changing
1: Yep.
0: so with short form video Because Mm -hmm. when I was in done in a day, which was probably two two years ago,
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. I think you were just starting to lean (laughs) in to short form video. You were just starting to lean in. So tell us how you felt at the very beginning of creating short form video content Mm -hmm. to where you got to this place where you're like, heck yes. Yes. I can leverage this for so many different things. Talk to us about that journey.
1: (laughs) It has been a journey, Sarah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I definitely think you came in and I remember being like, oh, great. She's like the short form video person and I can just shoo-shoo everybody over her way because I hate it. (laughs) So when my team was like, we need to start doing reels, we need to start doing short form video and TikToks, I was like- y'all I told you like I'm tired of seeing my own face and now you're telling me that I gotta show my face more often in my first like if you I mean I don't suggest that you scroll all the way back in my reels but (laughs) if for some reason you have the time uh my my first few reels you can tell that like I'm miserable (laughs) because I'm pointing and I'm like not moving my body I was like super cold like so uninteresting like it was awful uh and then i would say it took about a year and we did maybe one or two a week so we weren't even like daily posting at that time but we also were doing big pushes during launches was usually when like our big batches happened and they did really well during our launches like um yeah so i was like okay this is interesting and so I was like, I wonder, again, what it would look like if I did it more ongoing versus just kind of in these big batch phases for my launch. And so we started implementing like, okay, we're going to do one reel a day. And it started out as me. And then I had a social media manager uh, who would help with that process of scripting and and supporting in that. Um, but I also recognized that it was a little bit better when I was off the cuff, um, mm-hmm. when I was... Yeah just like scrolling randomly and deciding that I'm going to film something. Or uh, again, I'm a big, big fan of just like constantly filming random stuff so that you have B-roll for all those days that I'm on a beanbag or in bed. Like, Mm -hmm. yep, this is a B-roll day. And I have an entire album on my phone that is B-roll. And it's, I think, 576 (laughs) videos of B-roll for me to choose from because I'm just like, boop, 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 like, And it's a variety, right? So when I'm out and about and I'm speaking, I'm taking, uh, you know, B-roll. If I'm sitting at my desk, I'm taking B-roll. If I am cooking, B-roll. If I'm getting ready, B-roll. If I'm walking my dog, B-roll. Like B-roll everywhere. And I have a vast (laughs) library of it. So that way, whatever I'm wanting to talk about, I have a video that has similar context to what I'm talking about. So if I'm talking about speaking, like I'm, like, on my beanbag, it's not going to make sense. And I found that, like, context is everything. Like, between the props that you have, between the backgrounds, between the environment, between if you're using words, all of that stuff should match and be congruent. And when that matches, that's where I found my sweet spot. And so then about, uh, I guess it was, not that long ago in January, I heard a, an episode on Amy Porterfield's podcast with um, Natasha of School of Bots. And she talked about ManyChat. And ManyChat, like I hated ManyChat for like the longest time. It was just super clunky and weird and whatever. And how people were describing it, I just was like, I'm not driving with this. We're having real conversations over here. And how she spoke about it there was like, well, you can like, replace having to DM people the link all the time with the bot doing it for you. And that was like the first little, you know, dip of like, oh, that would be lovely because I'm constantly sending links up the wazoo and I don't want to be doing that. So I started um, doing some many chat stuff. I guess we did do it for, uh, we did a no, we didn't do many chat then. Um, so we started to play with, okay, comment on the reel below this word, and I'll DM you the link. And we've had over, what is it? Five months, six months. Um, at this point, uh, we've had about 1100 people opt in through my organic Instagram through me saying, hi, if you want this comment below and we'll send it to you. Um, and that's been for paid offers, like short form slam dunk. That's been for freebies, like my collab kit. And it's done really well. And, Again, a lot of it is like boring B-roll with like some text over it. Like it's not spicy, but it it helps to see the potential of social media and see the potential of Instagram actually bringing you emails, which are super valuable and a way to get lead gen. And so I'm a big fan, big, big fan. Um, we're definitely uh, even right now creating a lot more cadence with all of our different offers that we have going on of bringing people onto the email list so we can nurture them about that specific offer there versus um, wanting to go deep into our offers on social media. Social media is more like, I don't want to say service level, but just kind of like top of the funnel content. Right. And email we can go deeper.
0: Yeah. And I love how you guys have been using it. So just to reiterate, if anybody listening doesn't know what many chat is, it is essentially like a DM automator. So if I say message me the word grow for the freebie, you comment grow or you message me grow and it will automatically send you the freebie. So it's great for sending links like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I do not love it to replace like human to human connection. Um, yeah. which I, you guys don't do, yeah. um, but no. I I love it for sending links because you do not need to be sitting there all day sending mm. links. It's not necessary.
1: It is not. Um, Let so it I
0: absolutely love it for that. And I love that you said your, you know, your very first reels, you were pointing, you were so uninterested. You were cold. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> starts like that. Everybody starts like that so imagine if you just stopped after those first one or two I know. reels or if anybody listening like you stop mm-hmm. after those one or two tiktoks you mm-hmm. have to keep flexing the muscle it's literally just as cliche as this saying is is that practice makes better like of course, it's going to feel awkward and uncomfortable the first time you do it. But the more you do it and the more you test, the more traction you're going to get, the more comfortable you're going to get with it, the more you're going to be able to play with it and have fun. So, yep. yes, I'm so glad you shared that because everybody starts with like, oh, my God, this is so cringy. I can't do it. I can't look at myself.
1: Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's it's very cringy.
0: It's very cringe at first, but then you can like totally have fun with it. So I love it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all right, let's talk about one last thing, which is oh. community. Yes. You are so good about cultivating community within your programs and offers.
1: Thank you. Which
0: it's not always an easy thing to yeah. do. Mm -hmm. it's not so so what are some things that you do and it might not even be things that you do it might just be the people that you attract Mm -hmm. and call in that you think has contributed to you just like having these awesome keeps in your communities
1: yeah I it's funny when I first started my business like I didn't uh like wanted to be community oriented not because I hated community or anything but just because I was like people man they are (laughs) dynamic and they are what they are and so I again I'm a very relationship oriented person but the term community sounded like I was having to like herd a bunch of people constantly and um and that just felt like a big responsibility. And so when I started Done in a Day, um, I had hired a coach as I was launching it because I knew that I would need help in that area. So, um, so I've always had help in, in the delivery of things. But for me, it, it as far as attracting the right people, I try to be as clear as I possibly can in my messaging who I'm for and who I'm not for, just because. I, I mean, I've always just been really uninterested in having people that were wish washy or half and half out, or kind of sort of people. Um, I like people who are certain and understand my values, understand the way that I operate and are like, I'm good with that. Right. And you have to be good with hundred percent of the things with people, you know, you think about your own spouses, I'm not like, <laughs> you know, the way they operate. I'm like hundred percent. I don't understand what you're doing, but I know that when you are able to communicate who you are, what you offer, and the value that you can bring, that's when you can really attract the exact people that you want to have, right? I'm very unapologetic at the fact that I'm not great with people who are starting their businesses. Like, you don't want to come over here. One, I'm not going to know what to say to you because there's so many things. Um, But secondly, that's just not my zone. And you have to have a little bit more patience. And I don't have that. So knowing that about myself, I'm constantly reiterating, like, I'm not great if you're just starting out. And even people who are starting out, they'll still follow me and whatever. And they'll say things like, you know, when I'm ready and when, you know, it's been a few years, like I'll come back. And I'm like, great, you know, um, because I want you to be best served by somebody who is for starting out businesses. And so I I feel that knowing your boundaries and knowing your yourself and how to set expectations is such a gift because I know there's been I'll speak for myself, but I know there's been moments where people will say, "Yeah, yeah, like I know how to do that" like or "Yeah, yeah, I value that" and then you move forward in that relationship or whatever and it's like no. that's not that's you don't actually value that or you don't actually know what that is or whatever the case is and that's disappointing because there's such abundance there's so many people that need help and support if you truly know who you can support then go all in on that and don't feel like you're missing out because you can't help everybody no one can help everybody literally you think about like gandhi and martin luther king and oprah and like all these people it's like they couldn't help everybody. They may seem like they could, but they couldn't help everybody. And they're like (laughs) doing big stuff, right? So why would we have that that same mentality for ourselves? And I think that's where people can get into a trap and then uh, sometimes have mismatched expectations and then have some friction when it comes to clients or people in their communities is because they weren't upfront about who they are, what their values are, who they serve, how they help people so that people can make that decision. Like, I love giving people the agency to decide and to choose, right? It's always a choice. And I never would want to take that away from somebody just based on like, oh, like I need money right now or, oh, like whatever the case is, like super uninterested. I remember I said I said no to like a 40K contract at the beginning of my business, and I thought I had completely lost my mind. But the experience of selling this person was so outrageous. Like they felt that they were more important than me. Like they, it just was very n- not how I would go about things. And I was just like, actually, no, like, I don't think I'm the right person for you, um, to do this job for you. And like, immediately I got an email response, which was not the experience I'd had previously. It was like days, weeks, time zones, all sorts of stuff. And they were like, but wait, like, I know you're the one. And I'm like, no, I don't think I'm the one like, and that's okay. And funny enough, they came back like a year later and were like, actually, you're still the one, like, I still want your help. And I still was like, no, like, I'm still not the one, you know? So there's so much peace that you can have when you have that clarity and, you know, it can seem absurd to say no to big amounts of money. But I've always found that whenever I've compromised on that, it's never, never worked out for me. So I'm pretty diligent about that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It's like, no matter how much money, if they are going to cost me my mental well-being, they will kindly say, see you later. But that, yes, I, that's so, so true what you said about being super, super clear and specific on your values and where you're at in your business and where you're at in your life and when you call in those people there are going to be other like people which yeah. is probably why the communities are so strong because they can relate on things beyond the surface
1: yeah um mm-hmm.
0: and it's true like i i will sing your praises all day every day again like so i literally still have friendships and referral partnerships like Mm -hmm. truly we I just referred somebody to someone in the done in a day program they Mm -hmm. referred somebody to me like two years later and it's not like when you go into work every day you see the person all the time it's like sometimes we won't talk for like months Mm -hmm. but like we still had that Strong aspect of community, and it's so 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 important. So, thank you for sharing that. If people want more Jordan Gill in their life, where can they find
1: you? Yes, so Instagram is my jam, as much as it's still, you know, Masori or whatever his name is, he just be keeping (laughs) us on our toes, and I'm like oh my gosh why is this the platform that i enjoy the most um but uh i'm over there and again like you'll if you comment a link it will not be me uh but other than that it will be me uh in the dms chit-chatting commenting all that good stuff and um so it's at systems plural saved me i also have a podcast so obviously if you're a podcast listener uh because you're listening to this one you can go check it out uh system saved me as well um, and then if you're just like curious about all of the randomness that I have happening, uh, you can go over to my website, which is systemssavedme.com.
0: Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much. And to everybody listening, thank you for hanging out with us and I will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the cozy content corner. If you liked it, please be sure to give the show a follow and leave us a rate and review anything resonated with you from this episode, please come over to TikTok or Instagram and tell me about it. Until next time, my friend.